So as we know, in the beginning of the movie, the Grinch's heart was two sizes too small. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the end, his heart grows three sizes. Uh, and if this is if you're listening to this and you feel like this is happening to you, please reach out to your cardiologist <laughs> immediately. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to the first and only, Whew. still the first and only podcast, looking at the intersection of pop culture and the Christian faith. I'm Dan Ulrich, joined as always by my co-host. The three words that best describe him <laughs> are as follows, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. That's Dave Hallahan. That's me. And, you know, you go one week at camp without showering, and that nickname sticks with yep. you. Just yep. like the smell does, I guess. Yep. Still trying to scrub it off. You're the third butt cheese brother. <laughs> butt cheese, yes. Which, if you uh, if you went to Sigliverly United Methodist Church in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you were a butt cheese brother, reach out. Let us know. I explained that to my daughters as they were going to camp. I was like, listen, you got to make sure you're showering and taking care of yourself, or you might be become known as the butt cheese sisters at camp because when i went to camp kids that didn't shower or didn't take their bathing suits off in the shower they were the butt cheese brothers because you get if you don't shower real well between your your butt get that cheese growing don't want don't want that to happen that's for sure but that's probably why the grinch stink stank and stunk he didn't shower enough for sure maybe he was the original butt cheese brother <laughs> the butt cheese father <laughs> if you will <laughs> Uh, so we are back for uh, Christmas season, Advent season. Dave, have you hustled and bustled? I am actually hustling and bustling. Time and of year you can do it. That's true. Now working for um, our overlord, Jeff Bezos. I'm not a hustling, sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, that's why I mentioned his name and not his company. When he's ready to buck <laughs> up and become a sponsor, I'll I'll say which company it is. But yeah, I'm delivering a lot of people's Christmas gifts, and so I'm hustling, bustling all over the place. And if you leave a, a review, five-star written review, Dave will grab a package out of the back of his truck. A free, and, uh, yes, free package. <laughs> and, uh, and put a new address on it. <laughs> yep. Just mark it as missing. Not my fault. Do you feel like you're kind of like Santa? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> but you're bringing, you're bringing, you're literally bringing the presents. No, it's true. I do, especially there are times when there are like kids at the door or even just like playing in the street or whatever. And they like, they think I'm pretty awesome. And so that makes me feel like Santa. They're like, oh, is this for us? Is this for us? <laughs> and then you go and put it under the doormat so they can't see it. Yes, exactly. Do you get um, letters from people that are like, hide this from my spouse, please? I did. What's funny. So do you uh, ever get text messages from your... Yep, I get text messages. <laughs> from your Amazon delivery person? No. Okay. So they have the ability to text you. And uh, they just we're don't like me enough. We're actually encouraged to do that uh, so that they're more likely to rate us favorably. I just text so that hopefully they like are like, yeah, this guy texted me. But I know I don't read what they send back most of the time. Uh, it doesn't come through like a normal text message. So okay. I would have to like go in and see it and all that, you know? So I just like text and I move on. I text one guy and apparently he said, 
put it by the garage. My kids are home. And uh, thankfully, I didn't say it, but thankfully he like came out before I actually delivered it. And he's like, oh, uh, did you see? Can you put it over by the garage? I'm like, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was definitely like it was a Nerf gun, but it wasn't like in packaging it just said nerf <laughs> across the side i'm like good catch good catch your right. son definitely would have figured this out yeah i saw a ring cam video where the dad's like walking his two daughters and there's a huge like barbie dream house <laughs> that is just in the barbie thing he's like close right. your eyes close your eyes <laughs> and they're like is yeah. that for us he's like there no are- it's the neighbors they got delivered to the wrong house yeah, there are it most packages are in some sort of like branded envelopes. But even if they're not, they're in some sort of like bland. Like you don't know what's in it, right? Right. But there are a few where it's like this is clearly like a toy and I'm mm-hmm. putting it right in front of this door. Like I wonder who's going to see it first. <laughs> so, this is the the time the only time of year when you can hustle and bustle. The rest of the year you're just busy and stressed out. You're on your grind set the rest of the year. <laughs> Yep. Ding dong, rise and grind. Here we go. Get after that. But this this time of year, we're hustling and bustling. Yep. You got to do what you got to do, right? Christmas waits for nobody. But we all Uh, wait for Christmas. This is the gospel according to the Grinch. Dave, there's been a few iterations of the Grinch now. Mm, What what would you say was your favorite? I think the latest is my favorite. From Illumination. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a not fun, a real name. It's a fun name to say. I think that's probably my favorite one. Um, I think I would rank them Benedict Cumberbatch, original, the book, uh, random person wearing green, <laughs> Jim Carrey's The Grinch. <laughs> not a fan. I'm not. I think I probably, I assume, I don't actually remember. I assume I talked about it last year around Christmas that it is my my Christmas movie hot take is that Jim Carrey's The Grinch is hot garbage. Would you rather have to watch Jim Carrey's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas or eat a eight slices of Mac and Manco's pizza? Mm, that oh eight slices, a whole yeah, pie, whole, whole pie. I'll watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Oh man, he had to go through like all this makeup and prosthetics and stuff, Dave. It he's not even bad. The movie is bad. I I'm I'm recycling old material here, but if you've seen the new Aladdin, it's the same thing. Will Smith does a good job as the genie. I was surprised and impressed because Robin Williams looms so large as the genie. But the new Aladdin is a terrible movie. Will Smith is a good uh genie. Jim Carrey was a fine Grinch, but the movie's just so weird and bizarre and just, there's just, it's so chaotic. I just, not a, not a fan. I think my take on the Grinch is kind of the same way that SNL, like, will have these popular sketches that they'll be reoccurring. And so the next step is like, let's make a movie. It's like, we have these four minute Night at the Roxbury sketches like let's make that into a movie and you're just like stretching a plot thing or like MacGruber like and trying to make 90 minutes out of it and it's like <laughs> do we need the backstory of the Grinch like do we need like it's great as the whatever 10 minute you know or just reading through the book or the the an initial 10 minute animation or however long it is like can that be enough do we need 
to make world build Whoville mm. and, yeah. you know, get to know Cindy Lou and uh, the Max and the Grinch relationship. Like it's pretty nicely packaged into the story in and of itself. Like For fill sure. in the details with your mind. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of fluff that we don't need. Like the original story cuts to the point you get it. You leave like just as warm as you do in the full version. I think it's probably like everything's like dark and gritty now. Like that's what we want to do with our movies. And like all of our villains are complicated as well. Mm -hmm. Like you, you need to complicate them. So I think in that kind of genre, that vein is why we like want to build into the Grinch's story. I I would think what they actually should have done, obviously they didn't have both planned at the time, but like the most recent one, and Jim Carrey's should swap because I think like Jim Carrey's The Grinch that the whole movie is very cartoony and like mm-hmm. over the top and like even his like his upbringing and like you got this little Grinch who's like shaving and like cutting his face with that thing and you've got this weird the mayor's wife who's like hot for Grinch which is like <laughs> weird like it just it's not it's not Maybe we just don't need that at all. (laughs) I agree. Don't need it at all. But it's like it it, to me, I think it works. It would work better if it were a cartoon than real life. Yeah. Whereas I think the the latest one, it's a very like realistic as far as like the you get over the fact that the Grinch exists. (laughs) Like it's very realistic storyline, like a, a single mom who's struggling and this girl who just wants to like sees her mom struggling and wants to give her a break and thinks Santa's the way to do it. And that warms the heart of this person, the Grinch, who doesn't like it because of past trauma. Like all of that works better as real people Mm. than Jim Carrey's version does. No, I could see that. I just think in general, yeah, we're adding this fluff. Like there's this, you know, the new one has the whole reindeer like thing. He's like Mm -hmm. looking for the reindeer and he's hunting for that. Hey there. Sorry, little goat. I was calling for a (laughs) reindeer. The old one, like you said, the backstory of him being laughed at and he's shaving his hair and eyebrows like, you know, spend 15 minutes in a Walmart during Christmas time. Like that's enough for you to hate the commercialization of Christmas. Like you don't need to have past who trauma uh, to get to that point with the Grinch. I could see me getting to that point, you know, living an isolated life and the noise and light pollution that Christmas can bring. Uh, the commercialization of Christmas can bring like that's enough to make somebody hate it. Holiday hoobie what a bigger question that we need to get at before the ultimate question, Dave. Okay, if the who celebrate Christmas, mm. does this mean that there was a who Jesus who died for the sins of Whoville? Mm. That is an excellent question. Just like if there are aliens, I think for some people, well, for me too, but like for people that are theologically uh, curious, it it opens up questions of like, what does that mean if there's life on other planets? And I don't have exact answers for it, but I bet if there's life on other planets, God's figured that out and has interacted with them in ways that are necessary for them. So I'm I'm okay with a who, Jesus. Uh, you're wrong. So you think not that there's a this is like a post apocalyptic landscape and that they're just celebrating the remnants of what they've found uh to be purpose and not really the 
religious significance of what Christmas was. I think it's also possible that like our greatest export is just some Americanized, uh, commercialized Christmas that years, centuries, millennia from now, uh, that's what exists. Well, I was surprised with the new one, 2018 Benedict mm-hmm. Cumberbatch Illumination, that they sing God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. It's true. Yeah. They didn't shy away from the the Christian themes in Christmas um, through through songs, which I was a little surprised as well, but it's because it wasn't woke Disney. That's why, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. But the real reason we are here, the real reason why Dave spent hundreds of dollars to buy a new laptop is so that we could answer this question. What is the gospel according to the Grinch? People want to know. Everybody wants to know. I have a long answer. Are you ready? Well, there's not a time cap on this, so. And I think that we see uh, the whole salvation process played out in the Grinch, uh, with the Grinch, in fact. Um, so in some class, uh, at some point I learned, uh, there's different ways to explain salvation and all that, but, uh, that there are six parts of salvation. You ready for these? All right. You taking notes. First is calling like the calling of the spirit, right? He calls you into salvation. Uh, when you receive or accept that call, then there's regeneration that you're made new. Uh, then there's justification. So you are justified. Uh, your, your sins are forgiven. It's as if you've never sinned. You are adopted into the family of God. You are sanctified. So you're saved from the power of sin. And eventually we will be glorified where we are removed from sin. So we have calling, regeneration, justification, adoption, sanctification, glorification. With me so far, yeah, the Theo bros are are coming after you though. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the ones that don't believe that, <laughs> right? Well, but no, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Come get me. I think with all of this, I'm going to go with like the traditional original Grinch story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the calling happens kind of after he steals Christmas, and then they're around singing, and he hears them, and he's like, "What? Like Christmas still came?" Um, and he puzzled until his puzzler was sore. And then he had a thought he hadn't had before that maybe Christmas is about something more. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the spirit calling him into something new, a different way of thinking, a different way of living. His preconceived notions about what Christmas was all about were changed. And he has this um, moment of uh, heart pull questions that Mm -hmm. he's now going to pursue. Yeah. So this is the calling. And then interesting that you said heart pull because what happens is his heart grows three sizes. Mm -hmm. This is regeneration. Uh, He has a new, by all accounts, he has a new heart. It works differently than it did before. He's a new creature, a new being. And then he is justified. He enters into the community of the who's and nobody like holds on to his record of wrongs. They don't say, you know, well, you owe us our Christmas stuff back, or we don't know if we can trust you. He's just welcomed right in. He's adopted as one of their own. Uh, He, again, he eats with them at the big feast and he even gets to carve the roast beast. 
So he be, he's adopted into who they are. Now, the last two parts are sanctification and glorification. And we kind of have to like go extra biblical. Uh, outside the text of the Grinch. Extra Grinchical. <laughs> Extra Grinchical. Because we don't actually see these parts in the story of the Grinch. Um, we don't, the story stops after that one Christmas. But much like in the story of John chapter eight, where Jesus spares the woman who is caught in adultery and bids her to go and sin no more, we are left with the only assumption worth having, which is that she, in fact, went on sinning no more, that her life was changed. An encounter with mercy that great makes you live differently. And so I think we assume the same about the Grinch, that that was a sanctifying moment for him. Yeah. And then go and Grinch no more. Go and Grinch no more. And then we have glorification, where for us, that will be... Uh, either when we die from this earth or when God uh, brings the new heaven and earth to this earth, uh, where we will be separated from the presence of sin totally. But for the Grinch, I think that's uh, him being forever immortalized in this story, that we, we remember, we do remember his sins. It's part of the story. But when we tell the story of the Grinch, we're not telling it to point out these are the things that he did wrong. Instead, we're telling the story to remind us of the power of salvation and transformation. And so Grinch is forever glorified and immortalized in these stories. So in the story of the Grinch, we have all six aspects of salvation. That's the gospel, according to the Grinch. Wow. Packaged it with a, a bow, six mm. points. Uh, do you think he ever gets uh, upset that his his name is used as still the place he was once at? Like, oh, you're such a Grinch. Yeah. Or you know how like, oh, man, look at this Scrooge over there. Be like, uh, no, I, I'm, I I'm a different person. Yeah. Like, did you not finish watching the well, I like movie? to think I like to think that in Whoville when uh when you do something wrong and then you transform your ways, they're like, Oh, you're such a Grinch. <laughs> so they yeah, they stayed on It's the actually positive. it's a it's a positive thing. It's yeah. the opposite. Kind of how like when people like it's like, look at this Einstein over there. They're not really <laughs> talking about a really smart guy. More can I say? Uh, I think it's pretty hits the nail on the head about this transformation part of of what can happen in somebody when they connect with the real uh, sense of Christmas or the real mm. sense of Jesus, that sometimes people have preconceived notions that are wrong about, you know, religion, or maybe they are right in certain contexts, but uh, they are missing the mark on those things. Uh, there's been times when I've encountered atheists or I've encountered people that have been hurt by the church or know people that have hurt by the church. And it's just, it's sad. Uh, but then when you start to talk to them, some people have ideas uh, about the things of our faith, about the things of Christ that are just hearsay or what somebody else said down the line, down the line, or, you know, seventh grade biology teacher said this thing, or, or they heard it on a video somewhere. And then They've never really been confronted with that because maybe that's becoming the social norm of, oh, the Bible's just full of contradictions. And okay, where? Uh, I don't I don't know. That's what they say. I've heard somebody say that. Well, you know, I, if you're going to build your entire life upon certain things, we need to kind of check it out for ourselves. We need to uh, look 
down at Whoville, we need to seek to maybe experience it or dive deeper into those things uh, before we're ready to, you know, write off a faith. And maybe as Christians, we need to be living out the who life or or challenging some of those Grinch behaviors Mm. uh, in doing that. I do think that is... That is where maybe filling in the backstory of the Grinch is helpful because like in in this scenario that we're playing out here, like asking the Grinch, like, what Christmas don't you celebrate? And then mm-hmm. when he's like, well, it's just about the stuff. It's about and all these people, they have more than I could ever have and they still want more and they're greedy. And then they're like, well, that's we don't celebrate that Chris. We don't like that Christmas either. That's not what this is actually about. And so, you know, I've heard and have had people say, well, I can't believe in a God who fill in the blank. And sometimes when people fill in that blank, I'm like, yeah, I I couldn't or I don't believe in, in that God either. Uh, so we're actually we're the same <laughs> in that sense, because the God that I believe in, blah, 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 not what you think. Um, and so I think that is helpful. Um, and I think too, kind of one of the like secondary gospel-y themed issues that I saw in the Grinch is that idea of like Grinchiness, like around the holidays. Like there are people who, I guess some people like are just angry and grumpy and that's kind of just who they are by nature. But for some people, like the holidays are hard because of past trauma. And, um, and even for, you know, we, uh, you and I are both very pro church, but for some people, church is traumatic for them because of past experiences. And we can't just be like, well, get over it. You're such a Grinch or you're such a Scrooge because in some places that has a different meaning. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't just like say that because we don't know what has led them to that place. You know, uh, I think if, if the church has hurt people, we can't just say, well, get over and go to a new church. It'll be better. I think as a part of a church, we have to be willing to prove ourselves as, uh, agents of healing, not agents of more trauma. And it might take a while for us to do that. Uh, but as we saw as we see in the Grinch, um, you know, when we are true to what God has called us to, people will take notice of that. And I love the expression uh, in the first, in the Jim Carrey version, he's kind of this, you know, isolated person that everybody kind of doesn't like. It's generally known as like, oh, the Grinch, like they don't want him around uh, except for the one that has the hots for him. Uh, but everybody else is like, good riddance, stay up there. One of the things I love about maybe the expression of community, the expression of Christianity is in the the animated, new animated one. He comes into town and it's mm. people aren't like looking at him and pointing. Like right. the carolers are trying to sing to him. Like people are trying to invite him. <laughs> maybe into a little tour. aggressively. But. <laughs> but just that idea that he's like, he's, making himself an outcast but even before the ultimate moment of the story like the who's would have welcomed him into their community or they right. were welcoming him in there he was the one that was isolating himself because he would only come in a few times a year to get his supplies and then leave um but they were welcoming and mm-hmm. they they weren't thinking anything of it when he came to town whereas kind of the Jim Carrey one it was like <gasps> gasps and like points yeah. and like oh there he is and, and and that kind of mentality but ultimately i yeah i think we see the gospel very clearly and as as many times as 
I feel like I've heard the original one or read the book that it, it still gets to me those lines that you referenced every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or other. It came just the same. And then he says, maybe Christmas he thought doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. And, you know, throughout the commercialization uh, that happens around this time of year and the buying and sending presents and, and decorating I still feel like there is, we as a society have not yet lost that uh, simple truth about Christmas being more than these things and Christmas's deeper meaning of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is something that sometimes it takes like for the who's or like the, for the who's from the Grinch's perspective, it takes losing those things to realize that Christmas is about more than mm-hmm. than just that um you know when you have a a down christmas financially or whatever to realize that oh well it wasn't really wasn't about that stuff anyway uh, or or maybe it takes the loss of a community where you still have the same amount of gifts or whatever uh but you don't have the people that you used to spend it with and you realize that's what makes had made christmas special to begin with um and also there's a, a parallel to Easter here with, you know, I think with Christ dying on the cross. And then I think of, especially of Paul in like first Corinthians 15, uh, death, where is your sting? That like that looked like a victory for the enemy that Jesus was coming to usher in this new kingdom. And look, he's dead now. Like, um, but what happens on Easter is it couldn't be stopped. It came anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't about the military might. It wasn't about, it wasn't really even about life itself. (laughs) It was about something much more than that. Uh, and, and it was through death that, uh, really made that kingdom come to begin with. Um, and so that is, there is an upside down nature to the story of the Grinch. And we see that very much in the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And you've referenced the book a lot, uh, unoffendable is that what it's called yeah yeah. where it's like we're living in such a way where it's not jumping down people's throats but we're reacting in a christ-like nature that i think really makes people think that okay somebody's coming at us and they're seeking to intentionally or not hurt us or uh, condemn us or offend us and we're responding with a nature of humility and peace and love uh, realizing that we don't know what's going on in another person's mm. life. And, and so responding in such a way where we're just going to still sing our songs and we're still going to celebrate regardless of the presence. Like I'm still going to react with kindness and love to you, even though that's not what you're giving to me. Right. And I feel like that is a way that transformation can happen. That's a way where people can be, you know, paused because what are they expecting? They're expecting, you know, somebody that they're flipping off is going to flip them back off. You know, right. they're expecting that somebody, cause that's human nature. But if we do the upside down kingdom and respond with love to hate, respond with kindness to uh, bitterness, then it's like, wait, hold on a second. Why, what yeah. is going on here? Yeah. There's a, so in, I think it's in Romans, um, but it's quoting a Psalm where Paul says to overcome evil with, uh, 
with good. And like when you do that, it's like pouring, heaping coals on mm-hmm. someone's head. Uh, and I know when I read that, I'm like, ha, I'll show you. I'm going to burn your skull with my kind actions, yeah. uh, which I don't think is the the point of, of it. Uh, if you'll recall in the story of Isaiah, when Isaiah gets in a vision, gets called up to heaven and he says, I'm a man of unclean lips and a, mm-hmm. an angel comes with a coal and puts it on his lips to purify his lips. I think what the psalmist is saying, what Paul is saying is that when we, when evil is thrown at us and we respond with good, that there's a purifying, not a burning <laughs> painful uh, vengeance that happens, but there's a purifying aspect to that. And um, so that's what we're we're called to do, that when evil is done to us, we celebrate and we worship anyway. And that has a way of purifying those who committed the acts of evil, like we see in the Grinch. But in real life examples, like we see throughout church history, that the church has always thrived when it has been persecuted because they respond in kindness and in love. And that draws, maybe not always those who are doing the persecuting, but it draws people to them. Um, And where the church is the strongest in the world today is in China, uh, where it's being persecuted. It's in uh, Africa where it has been persecuted. So like that's where the church is thriving, where in in Europe, in America, where we've had power as Christians for years, it's kind of like, eh, well, you know, whatever. The church is humming along and things are fine, I guess. But it's not – I'd be hard-pressed and to believe anyone who says the church is thriving uh, here or in Europe. I think you're forgetting about the war on Christmas, though. Dave. <laughs> We're currently under assault. Yes. Well, you know. All right. Dave, you ready to play a game? I was born ready. You were for born this premature. moment. I was born two days premature. I was born right on time. I was a C-section. Here you go. All right. So this this game is going to be uh, seeing how grinchy you are. Okay. okay. So I'm going to give you a Christmas item activity, and you're going to tell me uh, how big or small your heart is towards mm, this. Okay. So, so as we know, in the beginning of the movie, the Grinch's heart was two sizes too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end, his heart grows three sizes. Uh, and if this is if you're listening to this and you feel like this is happening to you, please reach out to your cardiologist <laughs> immediately. Uh, yeah. Pause the episode, pull over, call yeah. your cardiologist. Yeah. Really, uh, either one. If you feel like your heart is too small or yeah. a size too large, it's either not way, pumping too much or it's yeah. pumping too, it's, get that checked out. Yeah, and hopefully your doctor isn't uh, last name isn't Seuss uh, because <laughs> he was not a medical doctor. Uh, so I'm going to give you this, and you can tell me, uh, you know, a range of heart two sizes too small or heart uh, one size too big. I guess so. One, two, or three. Okay. how much you love this. And so if your heart's small, it means you, you're a Grinch towards these things. Okay. All right. First off, uh, when you see Christmas lights, what do you feel? What do you think? You thinking about um, your electric bill or are you thinking about? <laughs> uh, okay. So just like I, I see a house that is decorated with Christmas lights, maybe yes. even my own house. Um, I, I'm going to say that my heart has grown three sizes. I'm a, I have a, an enlarged heart here. Um, I, I'm a fan of Christmas lights. Um, we, 
especially during the COVID times, um, we used to drive around like every night <laughs> and go see Christmas lights because what else were we going to do? Um, and uh, so since then, our girls were very young at that time, 2020. So uh, that was a formative time for them, which means now every year we have to go out on multiple trips to go see Christmas lights. But I, I do enjoy it. Uh, I'm supposed to be putting up my Christmas lights today. I'm not, my heart is two sizes too small for, for, for doing the work when it's done. That's the real reason why you had a long answer for what's the gospel according to the Grinch. You're postponing. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) All right. Next one. Uh, You are invited to a Christmas party. Mm. Um, this, this, my heart, uh, could go in any direction here uh definitely depends on like the nature of the party uh who i'm i'm going to gen z you with this and be like who's coming (laughs) who else who else is going to be there dave would you like to come to a christmas party yours dan yes why don't we get together this friday actually (laughs) um i would say generally i'm down to party though so i'm gonna say my heart is a normal size for a christmas party well i'll just meet in the middle you wake up and you look out your window and there is a blanket of snow covering your yard. Oh, historically, I'm going to say a uh, large heart for this one. I'm a fan of snow. Even into my driving years, I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, even into like having to work. Um, but now that I work for beep, I don't know that I'm going to be a fan of a lot of snow. But we'll see if it happens. We made it no snow last uh, winter in New Jersey, but you're going to be delivering packages and people. I, yeah, I think if it's a day that I work, I my heart will shrink a lot of sizes. Let's go with hot chocolate. You're you're offered uh, a piping hot uh, mug of cocoa. Uh, I guess normal size heart. I'm. Uh, I, it does not make me angry if someone <laughs> offers me hot chocolate. <laughs> but uh, we may have talked about this, probably have on a podcast before. I just don't drink hot beverages. Doesn't matter what it is. I probably have less than a dozen hot beverages a year um, between hot tea or hot chocolate. I don't drink coffee. So I'm just whatever. I'm lukewarm on hot chocolate. How many of those 10 beverages are going to be hot chocolate? Um, four, 40% preferred, uh, topping, uh, whipped cream, whipped cream, mm-hmm. no mini marshmallows. They disappear too quickly. How about peppermint? A little candy I, cane? No, I don't really like mint. Same. We're so alike. Yeah. I don't like hot things either. Like you get, there's like a very small window where I will drink a hot chocolate. Like it's like too hot, too hot, too hot, too hot, too hot, too hot. Perfect. Too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold. Like <laughs> there's a very small window. Yes, yes. Uh, and to get to that window, I usually like burn my mouth like five times trying to <laughs> find find that window. Yes. What's your ideal time mm. to wake up Christmas morning? In a world where I'm fully indulging in my selfish desires, we're talking like 10 a.m., uh, but I I have adjusted my expectations to reality. So um, I feel like seven is like not bad. If we make it till seven, I feel like we did a good job. 
Yeah. How about you? I think the girls the last couple of years have, are. I felt like I was always, when I was a kid, was like super like, my parents would be like, do not come until six <laughs> o'clock. Right. But I'd be up before then, like watching the clock. Yeah. And, and I don't feel like our girls are like easy, like seven or past it, or, or at least yeah. the last couple of years. We'll see. I don't know about this year, but they are kind of less antsy to like wake up than, than I was. Are you, uh, are you a primary decorator of a tree? So I'm going to say decorating the Christmas tree. How I, many hearts? Oh, okay. I'm ranking it on hearts. I will say that Leah, my wife, almost assuredly laughed out loud when she heard you say, are you the primary decorator <laughs> of the tree? Um, no, I'm not. Um, this is a little bit Christmas lights for me. Uh, same answer. So rewind, go listen. I don't want to do it, but I'm happy when it's done. Uh, we've actually, so behind me, you see a Christmas tree that is decorated. My daughters did most of this. It's got colorful lights. Uh, we had this tree for several years. It's artificial. Um, and uh, it's a little squatty, not going to lie to you. It's a short, short guy. And I was like, Leah got tired. What's squatty? <laughs> Leah got tired of having a tree that she felt like was too short. So we got another one. And now she has a tree that she can decorate and make look pretty. And then this one that the girls can make look fun. So we actually have two Christmas trees in our house, the fun one and the aesthetically pleasing one. And which one has a more prominent place in your household? So this one behind me is in the room that we are in most of the time, but the other one is more in like the display room of the house, if you will. Okay. Which one gets the presents or you put presents on their both trees? Um, I'm pretty sure this one's going to get the present. It's the fun tree after all. So <laughs> this stupid other stupid tree. You we'll have to leave a note for Santa. Like you put the manicured presents with a nice. <laughs> I'll, put Leah's, I'll put Leah's presents under the nice tree. Well, let's go to that. How wrapping presents. How grinchy are you? I don't like to wrap presents and Leah again will laugh because I don't wrap any of our kids presents. Um, I wrap probably like four presents <laughs> all Christmas season. Uh, and I normally wait till the last moment to do and so. Are they Leah's presents? Yes. Did she buy them? And you no, just no, no, them? no, 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 no. I, I, I normally get her presents. We are at the we're at the age and stage I think of life right now where it's like, hey babe, I'm gonna get this. It's my don't get me anything for Christmas. I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy this. Don't get me anything for my birthday. We use yeah. holidays are excuses to buy ourselves things. At this the point. things that you already want to buy, <laughs> right? Julie does that. Like she has to in her mind justify purchases. Yeah. Um, like for me, I would just be like, yeah, you need a new coat like buy a new coat like or whatever but right. it's like it'll be like a month after her birthday and be like all right can this coat be for my birthday sure yeah. yes yes <laughs> like <laughs> whatever, whatever if, makes that, if that's what needs to be for you right. to uh, justify <laughs> this thing that you clearly need or you know deserve then yes that's <laughs> your late birthday present oh <laughs> uh, but yeah so all you grinches out there um Hopefully you can experience Christmas this Christmas season for what it mm. is, the yes. true reason for the season, mm. and that is roast beast. Mm. Yes, yes. No, that is Jesus Christ. Oh, right, right. 
Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, thank you for joining us along this ride uh, with the gospel according to. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms that exist or have ever existed. Instagram, Facebook, X, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Who, Whoville Weekly, the bulletin board at your local Kroger uh, follow us at TGAT podcast. If you have any uh, rebukes, any things that you mm. want to tell Dave that he is wrong, uh, you can uh, do that. Send us a slide in the DMS on any of those things or send us an email. Uh, or if you just have any question, you want to send us an email, uh, you can at TGAT POD at gmail.com or TGAT podcast at any of our socials. Thank you for sharing the gospel according to with your family, friends, or even an ugly, disfigured green monster that lives on the top of the mountain. Like Dan said, make sure you're sharing the gospel according to with friends and family. A great way to make sure that this podcast reaches a larger audience. It's free. It's easy. Uh, it's safe. It, no one... No one has ever hurt themselves doing this, to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can email me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, but leave us a five-star rating and review. goes a really long way. Uh, and again, simple, easy task. Wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you listen somewhere else that has a rating system, yeah, beautiful. Do That's it. That's really all we want this Christmas. Um, all, all I want for Christmas is a five-star review. Yeah. Um, Screenshot it sent to us. Uh, we'll read it. And we'll, we will. We'll, we'll and you'll be that. like, hey, I wrote that. And you'll be as famous as me. Uh, so thank you for listening to your favorite Hump Day podcast. We'll see you next week. This was the Gospel According to The Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch. Holiday. What a What a Max! You're the third butt cheese brother. Maybe he was the original butt cheese brother. <laughs> the butt cheese father. So, do you uh, ever get text messages from your... Yep, I get text messages. If not... Oh, I almost... Did I already say the company once? I don't know. I'll, I'll edit it out. And from Horton Hears a Who... We know that who, the who's and whoville is like a microscopic people in a microscopic land. Maybe right? we are. Or, yeah, that's true. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, I guess I don't know. But yeah, so let us know in the comments uh, what your theological point is to how the who's are mm. celebrating Christmas. Yes. Are they a humanoid? Uh, characters mm. are are they have they been mutated by a atomic nuclear war uh, and that is called their caused their disfigurement uh, in this way and and the Grinch is maybe was disfigured even further uh, from the nuclear wasteland. I think for God so loved the world is actually for God so loved the cosmos, right? So I think. I think God loves even the Who's and sent his son even for the Who's. So the Who's have, who's have a soul? Sure. Is Max going to be in heaven, Dave? No, animals aren't in heaven. Sorry. But what if they're anim 
morphic. Well, I should I should change I changed my answer. There will be animals in heaven, but not not, not your <laughs> not your dead animals. They don't go to heaven. Oh, what if I said the sinner's prayer over them? Nope, doesn't work. What if I said, "Do you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior?" Don't say anything if you sit, if you believe yes. <laughs> oh, Max, screwed it up. Did you ever see the end of uh, Men in Black? Or yes, Men in Black but too, I forget <laughs> that. Like, we're well, you know the like scene where they open the locker and there's like a whole civilization like yes. living. But mm-hmm. then I think at the end of one of the movies, like a bigger being opens gotcha. up like yeah. a proverbial locker and our universe is inside of that. True. I guess Horton could be somewhere outside and we could actually be microscopic beings within Whoville. It is, this is possible. But anyway, um, I think that it is possible. I'm yes. And as you're sharing that, nope. I'm going to cut that out because I don't know where I was going with that.